of this uh, somewhat uh, sneaky outlet. Uh, dee, 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 dee. Bring it up there, please, if you will. <laughs> Hi, George. Yes, let's see here. Well, you see, uh, according to one of the letters that I have just received, as, uh, the letter here says, uh, Shepard, the trouble with you is it's obvious that you live in Greenwich Village. And of course, that... Uh, and that uh, totally warps your view and makes you somehow suspect. Well, <laughs> you know this is uh, this is one of the most uh, one of the most prevalent ideas of the outside world. Re the village, if I may uh, do a little village type. You know, I really talk about uh, that part of the you know world, even though I live in the village. You you probably know that, don't you, Herb? That uh, my home is a village, and I've lived in the village now for a long time. And various parts of the village, not just one place. But uh, I uh, used to live on the uh, what is now called the East Village over on 7th Street. And now I live in what is now called the West Village. And I also live in the village when they just call it the Village Village. But uh, <laughs> the curious thing about, uh, about the village, I think, uh, which is uh, to me very interesting, it's one of the few places in America, really, where you can live in, in a, you, you live in an area. It's a, it's it's a, it's almost a state of mind. This uh, uh, Greenwich Village is not really so much of a geographical thing, although it is located geographically. For those of you who don't know anything about the village and where, the village is in the fairly the let's say the south central part of Manhattan. If you were to look at a map of Manhattan, uh, you'd have to say it's in the south southern half of Manhattan. And uh, there's always arguments as to where the village begins and where it lets off, where it, uh, you know, geographically where it starts and where it doesn't start. But I would say roughly uh, the village starts at 14th Street. Uh, once you get past 14th Street, uh, you're pretty much in the village. Now, how far west does it go and east? Good question. I would say that, uh, that the village begins to taper off at around 14, in 14th Street. If uh, you get on the other side of 14th Street, it, it tapers off about uh, at 9th Avenue, wouldn't you say, Jerry, roughly? After that, if you go further west, uh, you're really just in the west side, <laughs> so the lower west side. And uh, on the other hand, uh, where does it taper off east? Well, that's another argument. Uh, you can get many arguments from people, and I'm not here to open that uh, ball of wax up, but uh, I would say roughly around uh, oh, around 3rd Avenue, around something like that on 14th Street. Uh, it uh, it sprawls further east and west when you go further down. Now, see, I, I don't think the village is a square. In other words, it's not a square-shaped piece of real estate. It tapers uh, off, and as you get further on down till, till finally you get down around 8th Street, for example, uh, further south, you can see in your mind what how far south that is. After all, I started at 14th, and so if you go on down to 8th Street, that's 
how many blocks you can figure it out. It's seven, eight, six, seven blocks in that area. And when you get down around 8th Street, uh, which is right in the heart of the village, really, uh, 8th Street, uh, I would say that it almost goes pretty close now these days. It probably goes almost all the way over to 1st Avenue, the village, although a lot of people define it as uh, narrower than that. But you can go on and on. In, in other words, what I'm really saying is that the village is a geographical location, this kind of... Uh, is, uh, is open to argument. Uh, it's not as cleanly defined as, uh, as other geographical areas of New York City, for example, the Bronx, uh, which is a... See, there's a big difference between, for those of you... I'm, I'm speaking now, in this case, for people who do not live in New York and don't know the, the setup in New York, that Greenwich Village is really just a neighborhood, in effect, just like Yorkville is a neighborhood in Manhattan. Chelsea is a neighborhood in Manhattan. These are different areas of, of uh, the main island or the center island. Manhattan is the is the island, and uh, the village is is more really a state of mind, as is the other neighborhoods. Interestingly enough, you go to Yorkville; that's pretty much of a state of mind too. But uh, the village uh, is is fascinating in one respect. I. Uh, it's it's uh, there there have been a lot of changes as there has been in almost every other area of the city. But I would suspect, uh, and I have no way of proving it, that the changes in the village have been less than they have been in other parts of the city generally. Maybe it's because of the nature of the people who live in the village. One of the very few places the village is one of the very few places in New York City where people live their entire lives. It's their home. In other words, it's a, it's a real living neighborhood. Now, that's not true of a lot of other parts of Manhattan, which also have their own identity, like Yorkville or Chelsea and so forth, that uh, a lot of these places are more temporary. In other words, people will live there for a couple of years, and then they'll get a place up in Westchester, or they'll move out to the island or something, and they go on out. Uh, they're more shifting in population. But the village is an old-line... Uh, it has has certain uh, racial and ethnic identities. Uh, um, probably the most prominent is Italian. Uh, that that the Greenwich Village area for many many years, going way back before the turn of the century, was primarily Italian. And uh, there were other areas. It's it, it, right next to the village. For those of you who don't know, I'm again re remember I'm pointing this out. For those of you who don't know much about the geography. Uh, and the distribution of people in Manhattan. You know, outside of New York, when you get outside of New York, I mean, I, actually, the New York area itself proper, most people tend to think of Manhattan as a, you know, it's a place, it's, a, it's an entity, it's Manhattan. And uh, they, that is what they generally think of when they mention New York. So when you hear the constant comments from people, you know, boy, New York is a great place to visit, but dot, 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 uh, they're always referring to Manhattan because that's what they see. Uh, a visitor from Cleveland rarely spends much time on Staten Island. He probably doesn't even know where it is. Uh, very few of them ever go out to Brooklyn or, or uh, the Bronx unless they have relatives and they have a specific reason for visiting those places. But when a guy is going to visit New York, where is he visiting? He's visiting Manhattan and a specific area of Manhattan. He generally visits Midtown. And so he will check into the Roosevelt, or they'll check into one of the main hotels here in 
Manhattan, and then they spend their time running around from uh, you know from from uh, one from one sardis to the next, and uh, and that's what they think of as Manhattan. You know, it's New York, uh, Times Square, really, is what many people think of as New York, and actually Times Square is uh, you know it's like a pinpoint on the whole map of uh, of the city, but the village probably has more misinformation and glop and romanticism attached to it by outside people than any other section of the city. And that means really, in a sense, any other section of any city in the United States. I doubt very much whether uh, there is any other city in the country about which more literature has been written than New York City. And I mean, New York is is a thing people write about. Uh, it, uh, if for one reason or another, it's, it's kind of one of the major, it's, not, shouldn't say one of it, it is the thing of, around which many things, it's the city around which many things revolve in the country, and of course also in the world today. New York is a world city, which makes it different from many other cities in our country. In fact, all of them, I, I don't think that there's any other city that could be called a world city, with the possible exception, possible exception of, uh, for specific reasons, possibly Chicago. Now, uh, that's, again, uh, very minor. Uh, their, their claim is minor compared to New York. And why is a city a world city? Well, that's a hard question to answer. You go to places like Paris, which is a world city. Rome, this is a world city. Uh, places like uh, Tokyo would have to be a world city today. Uh, these are cities that, that have that really don't have much relationship to, with the countries in which they are. In other words, Paris is not really, there's not much relationship between Paris and the rest of, uh, and the rest of France. Certainly that's true of London. And uh, they even have their own, uh, a world city even winds up having its own dialect. Uh, so you go, to, you go to Paris and the Parisian dialect is very different from French that's spoken in the rest of the country. Uh, a, a Cockney is essentially a Londoner. And so the Cockney dialect is essentially London dialect. Uh, or did you ever think of it as that way? It is. That, uh, that a, a person living in England immediately, can, when he hears the Cockney speech, no matter where he lives, he may live in, in Plymouth or he may live in Exeter or he may, he may live in Leeds. The minute he hears a Cockney, he knows he's hearing a Londoner. And so that's really, in a sense, the speech, the, the nomenclature of the, the way of communicating of London. Now, New York has its own speech. You've probably all heard New Yorkers, and uh, they do have their own speech. But getting specifically involved with the village, and I don't know why I'm doing this, but uh, I'm, there's been a lot. I get uh, Probably I get more letters over the year, maybe two years. Uh, uh, it comes and goes. But more letters and more queries from people about the village than any other specific thing. Uh, I've been connected with the village, uh, both as a resident and as a writer, for a long time. In fact, I was one of the original writers, and in fact, at one point was on the masthead of the village voice. Perhaps you may not know that, but I was involved with the beginnings of the voice, and I wrote a great deal for them at one time. I also wrote for another, I think spiritually, a Greenwich Village publication, but it wasn't really done in the village, uh, The Realist. Uh, which uh, Paul Krasner brought out was uh, kind of a kind of an extension of the of that particular type of journalism. 
uh, at one time I did some things for various uh, guidebooks about the village, and, and one, one memorable thing I had involved in my own career was a couple of years ago, uh, NBC did a, a beautiful documentary on the nighttime city. You might have seen that on uh, the city itself, the whole city, the night, uh, what night is like in, in various sections of the city. And I was chosen to do the Greenwich Village section. I did the commentary and, and uh, picked the attitudes and so forth. Well, the village, the village is essentially a night area. Uh, by night, I mean that during the daytime, uh, if you go to the village, the village is just another part of the city. It's not really particularly, uh, doesn't even look particularly different. It does if you, if you have a trained eye. But if you're just a, a visitor, you come through the village at, in the daytime, let's say 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, it just looks like a sort of a busy section of, of the town, and uh, in in many ways a little tackier than other sections, and other ways more interesting looking than other sections. Of course, uh, uh, I could uh, <laughs> getting back to the village. You know, mind uh, this is Greenwich Village Day here, and so we're going to talk about the village. But uh, and as a, as a resident, I I feel fairly qualified to talk about. It. I've lived now in the village almost from the day that I came to New York City. And uh, I love the village. It's a great place to live, and I would suspect a hellish place to visit. It's uh, quite the opposite of <laughs> what most people think of uh, New York. But I, I, I dig living down there and for a number of reasons. The, most of them uh, are uh, reasons which only a resident could understand. But uh, for those of you who are uh, curious about uh, the village as an entity, it's one of the most historical parts of the village that a lot of stuff has happened in the village, um, some of it really nationally historical. Uh, for example, uh, the village right off of Sheridan Square, as probably most of you know, and I'm sure that everybody who lives in the village knows this, that uh, right off of Sheridan Square uh, is where uh, Thomas Paine, uh, the great uh, revolutionary during the revolutionary days, wrote uh, The Crisis. Uh, he lived in the village. There were a lot of other people lived in the village at one time or another. Among them, well, Mark Twain uh, lived uh, in the village over on Fifth Avenue. Uh, Henry James, uh, a lot of literary people over the years have lived in the village, people uh, all the way through. Of course, uh, some of the people who made the village very famous as a, as a bohemian hangout back in the 20s were people like uh, Edna Vincent Millay, uh, people of that type. Uh, there were a lot of them. You know who I used to see in the village when I first came down to live in the village? And for some reason or other, people who go to the village generally don't move to the village because of any pose or so forth that they're putting on. You know that every year there's a great attrition rate because a lot of people think they'd love to live in the village. Uh, particularly kids. They, they get the village bug and they, they uh, it's, it's kind of a thing to do. And they don't cut it. Uh, they come to the village, and within a year or two, uh, they they they're quickly gone, uh, for whatever reasons. Uh, you know, uh, that's their own personal. But they really, in a sense, are not village types. They're not village people, although they may think they are. They let their hair grow long, and they start smoking pot, and they get themselves a set of jeans and all. They figure they're village types. Well, they're really not. Uh, the village has its own name for people like that, and the, the name changes from year to year. One of the best description is the hippy dippy which is which is really a, a a village term which which means he's he's not really the real thing he may look like it to the outside world but he ain't fooling nobody 
downtown. And most of all, he's not fooling himself. But uh, the village, the village has a specific set of uh, attitudes and beliefs, and and uh, and yet it's a wildly diverse place. Now, other part, other people, and when I mentioned the, some of the people that you, you just see hanging around the village, uh, I remember when I first came down, I used to see Charles Lawton, who lived down in the village, and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of performers and and people. Uh, of uh, who are in, in, in either connected with or are, or are involved with in one way or another the arts find the area in the village the living in the village uh, the most uh, psychologically uh, salubrious it's it's uh, where you there's a there's a commonality you you feel like you can wear anything you want down there and you can pretty well live almost any way you want, and uh, not much is said one way or the other. It's probably one of the most tolerant parts of the city. In fact, I would say that that would have to go for pretty much around the country, that uh, that's the thing that draws a lot of people to the village. It's uh, it's uh, it's a tolerant, uh, uh, curiously... Uh, and, and, and by the way, uh, when you say good things about the village to most people, a lot of people, I should say, uh, and I know I'm going to get a lot of angry letters about this because there is a mythology among non-village people that this is where, quote, all the trouble begins. That a lot of people feel that, that uh, the village represents many things which they don't like. Most importantly, tolerance. Uh, <laughs> and this, this, is a, this is a, in our time, is a very touchy issue. And uh, tolerance of all kinds. I mean, tolerance of blacks for whites, and tolerance of whites for blacks. And so, you'll find uh, you'll find uh, very many uh, nationalities and people just sort of existing side by side in the village for whatever reasons. And incidentally, there's no. I'm not at any point saying that there aren't troubles in the village, like there are everywhere else. That troubles uh, pop up, but it might interest you to know that according to the latest statistics, that the village is one of the lowest crime areas in the entire city, which surprises a lot of people to hear. Uh, for one reason or another, they suspect that uh, merely because they see what they think funny-looking people walking around the streets, there must be a lot of crime. Well, the uh, the thing about the village is that it is pretty much a, a uh, compared to other parts of the city, it's pretty much of a 24-hour part of the town. In other words, uh, uh, the the life goes on pretty much uh, at three or four o'clock in the morning, pretty much the way it did uh, in two in the afternoon. Uh, the, some of the populations that live down there, interesting. There's a great population, a very, very, and probably it's larger in that section of Manhattan than any other single section. I'm guessing here, but there's a population of very old people in in the village. I'm talking about very elderly people. People up in their 80s, 70s, and 80s, and 90s. It's a big population of those people in the village. And uh, even though the the, uh, the hip population down there is far more visible, that if you live in the village, it's very difficult to tell whether the village is, is a place for extreme youth or it's a place for the very elderly. They're both there, and they're both there in great numbers. Uh, and I mean really great numbers. That all those old-looking, uh, old, anonymous-looking uh, red-brick apartment buildings down there, those old tenements down around Hudson Street and places like 10th Street and over around Bleecker and up and down, places like uh, Jones Street and 
Morton Street and so on, are just loaded with very, very old people who have lived in the village all of their lives. In some cases, as many as 80 and 90 years. And this is their home. They don't think of it as a, as a hip place to live or, or, a, or a, an exotic place to live. It's their place. And if you go into the, the, uh, the, the stores down there, you go into places like uh, the Gristides or the Acme Market or whatever it is you may go into down there during the afternoon and even late at night, you'll see large numbers of very, very elderly ladies uh, pushing their carts, and and, uh, and usually they have a dog or a cat or something like that. I would suspect, too, that the village has the largest population of pets of any part of the city. Wouldn't you say that, Jerry? has to be pretty close. Uh, and I suspect that it comes from the attitude of the people. The people down there are just that way. And there's more tolerance for pets. If, if you live in other parts of the city... You may find yourself in a lot of trouble if you if you own a dog or a cat or something like that. Whereas down in the village, uh, it's just sort of a, an accepted part of the way of life. Now, there's no question about it. Like every part of the city, there's problems, and I'm not I'm not here to say that uh, that the village has uh, has no problems. It has many, but uh, I suspect that it shares those problems with the rest of the country. Uh, however, it does have one thing uh, that it has going for it. It's extremely interesting. It is very difficult to be bored in the village. If you are bored living in the village, you have very deep problems. Now, you may be irritated <laughs> many times in the village. You may find uh, the life is uh, too, uh, too exciting in the village, uh, in which case, fine. But being bored is not easy in the village. If you are bored in the village... You better get out and go on up and get that little place up in Darien because that's probably your scene from the start. Now, uh, uh, there's a, there's a lot of other things about the village which is interesting. I uh, I, I find uh, naturally because it is a, a diverse racially and ethnic uh, and certainly nationality wise. It's very diverse. Uh, for those of you who don't know the geography, it it borders on the village lies right next to Chinatown. Uh, when you make that, uh, you go right from the village down into Chinatown, it's just like crossing the street. You're in another world. It also borders the great Spanish area. Uh, I'm talking about the old Spanish, and I'm not speaking necessarily Puerto Rican Spanish. I'm talking about the classical Spanish. Uh, you go up and down 14th Street, there are many great Spanish restaurants, and this is also true of the village itself. Over on the east side, or rather on the west side of the village, it, it abuts, it comes right up next to uh, the great Greek area of the city, which is over in the 20s, just a little bit north, but it's part of, uh, of the village. It spills over into the village, and so you get Greek, you get Italian, you get uh, large numbers of Spanish, you get uh, practically every conceivable uh, nationality that, uh, that ever did come to these shores is still living down there, pretty much the way they came, the way they were in the early days of the century. Now, if you go down along Bleecker Street, uh, Giancarlo Minotti's famous opera, The Saint of Bleecker Street, if, uh, if you know this opera, and if you walk along Bleecker Street, getting over into the area around 6th Avenue, that the, uh, that the, the shops and so forth down there, many of them, the, don't, many of the people st really don't speak English at all. It's a, uh, that the, it is so genuinely Italian that it is a true Italian uh, area down there, and uh, you can get a lot of Italian 
food. The grocery stores are Italian, and, and uh, of course, there are great Italian restaurants down there that have been traditionally that way from probably around the turn of the century. But uh, when the, uh, the village, uh, as we know it today, when the village began to accrue its, its attitude for bohemianism, uh, was really roughly about the time of World War I or just before, historically. And the reason that it got that reputation was a fairly simple one uh, and also quite practical, that back around that time, about, about the time of uh, World War I and just before, the village was a very cheap place to live in. And uh, for that reason, people who were writers and uh, people who were scraping along as artists of one kind or another tended to go down there because it was cheap. They could live down there. Uh, not only was it cheap, but the food was cheap. In a sense, it was more or less Italian peasant food, a lot of pasta, a lot of, uh, a lot of cheap wine, and uh, it was quite inexpensive. And so people went down there to live there. And also there was another reason, too. That was the kind of buildings that were down there. A lot of the buildings that were in that area were, were buildings that were holdovers from the, from the post-Civil War days. Now, this is uh, this is this probably part of the discussion of the village that none of you have ever really heard. But uh, this is the this is one of the reasons that a lot of people came down there because the, these buildings were different from the buildings that were built later on. Among them, uh, they had many of them had uh, huge skylights. Uh, they were built in in the old world tradition of buildings and and uh, great vast uh, high ceilings and one thing and another. And so these these were these were good if you wanted a studio, if you were an artist and you needed a place where you could you could put up a big easel and you could uh, you could uh, use uh, all kinds and if you were a sculptor or something like that, who had to work, and you needed space and you needed height and so forth, one of the few places in in the city where you could get a place like that and still afford it, because uh, these buildings were old and ramshackle, uh, was down in the village. Of course, a lot of that has changed, uh, although it still remains fairly, it, it, it remains a reality, but it's changed drastically. And I, I've uh, been around the village uh, enough to have seen a little of the change. And I, I, one, of the, one of the big changes that came around uh, relating to the village occurred uh, in the early 60s, actually, when the village became a very chic thing to write about. Uh, it uh, around about the late late fifties, early sixties, when a lot of the magazines, the elegant magazines, the Vogues and the the Harper's Bazaars and so forth, they they took up the village as a kind of a hip thing, and you know they they used a lot of uh, uh, the village became very very fashionable in the magazines. Well, of course, what this did was bring large numbers of affluent kids to the village, who, uh, who daddy was sending them a check for two hundred and fifty dollars a week, so the he would stay out of their hair. So the kids uh, would take a, a, apartments and so forth in the village at enormous rates, <laughs> which quickly drove up the, the cost of, of apartments and, and lofts and so forth in the village until today. It's one of the most, it is actually one of the most expensive places to live in the city, in case you're curious. Uh, on the other hand, it still remains one of the cheapest. And why is this? Well, because a large number of the old tenements that are that are down in the village. Many of these old buildings down around Hudson Street and so forth are are rent controlled, and they they go back many years. And the people have lived in these places for 
maybe 50 or 60 years. Again, these old people. And so uh, you'll find uh, living side by side down there, you'll find people living in apartments that are very expensive. And uh, right across the street is somebody who's living in a place that may be $25 a month. Of course, I'm exaggerating here, but uh, in, in effect, that's what it is. So that you, you get great uh, contradictions in the village. Uh, one, another thing, too, about the village, I suspect that a lot of people who are involved in the arts and so forth like about the village is, is the character of its, uh, of its never stopping. You see, if you're, if you're a writer or if you're a, uh, a person who's an actor or, a, in other words, a, a person who does not work in a, in a regular job, an eight-hour-a-day job, you tend, uh, you tend to have hours which are very uh, unusual to most people. And so uh, a writer may write most of the night uh, or a, a painter may paint like early in the morning. He may, or he may prefer to do it then. So... It's very convenient to live in an area where where uh, delis, for example, where there are places that are all night, and a guy can go out and get something to eat, say at four in the morning or five in the morning. It's very hard to do in most parts of the city. In uh, in the village, it's uh, it's very common. There are many all night places that are that are delis, that are restaurants, and one thing and another. Now, uh, uh, the <laughs> other sides though of the village uh, to. Uh, to bring in the other side, of course, the, the because of large numbers of people who've come down into the village, who are fairly affluent uh, back around the 60s, early 60s, you find that there are those those who have come into the village who, in a sense, prey on that crowd. In short, wherever you find uh, the easy mark, uh, somebody with money and who is somewhat naive, you will find the rest of the that there always is the vulture population that drifts in the the uh, Times Square element who's there to to take advantage. Incidentally, that's another thing about the village that uh, that that uh, that the village really divides into into two continually shifting populations. That the uh, it's one of the very few places in the country where the hip world, you know, the world of, of people who are. Uh, for want of a better name, I just use it the hip world. I suppose you can call it the counterculture. You can call it many other things. It's always been down there. It's a it's a kind of a bohemian world, and I and that's an old fashioned phrase. I don't think it's a, it's one of my phrases. Not I'm using that uh, as uh, as a lot of different phrases cover the the uh, the phenomena I'm talking about. But it's one of the few places in the country where the world of this of the of the straight comes into constant contact with the other world. In other words, there are large numbers of uh, tourists who come to the village constantly. And you see that that population. And oddly enough, the, the places that the tourists go to, not oddly, maybe, it's, uh, maybe it's, uh, it's the way it always is, that the places that the tourists go to, and that generally includes restaurants, it includes uh, uh, places, uh, just places, uh, even shops and so forth, that the tourists go to, that they consider really authentic village places, are places that the villagers themselves never go near. They just simply, it's another world. Uh, it's a whole new, <laughs> it's a whole thing. So you'll find on, a, on any given Friday night, particularly, uh, well, particularly, it's, it's particularly great in the summertime. Uh, also, it happens around holidays, but uh, in the summertime, uh, from about the f- Thursday night through Friday and Saturday night, 
the village is just jam-packed. I have no idea how much more the population grows. You know, the number of people on the street grows on the weekends. Just it's staggering. I mean, uh, fantastic traffic jams. And uh, villagers tend to, to, uh, to uh, go to the ground. They tend to, they tend to, to disappear on weekends uh, because of the fantastic scenes, the, uh, the enormous tourist crowd. Now, when those tourists come down, a large number of tourists come down, and uh, when they come down, there is another population that arrives, too. This is the population that, in a sense, preys on the tourists. And so you'll find uh, guys that are, you know, working pickpockets will, will uh, be a big, big thing down in the village during those, uh, you know, for the tourists during, during that particular type uh, time. Uh, you'll find all kinds of things going on that, that just don't occur normally in the village. It's, uh, it's a tourist phenomenon. Now, uh, <laughs> there are other things in, in the village uh, that I, I find interesting. Uh, uh, if you, if you, it has been said uh, by people who, uh, who know, although I'm not, a, I'm not a wild restaurant type, it has been said by people that, uh, that, that the village, by and large, on a world basis, has a greater concentration of interesting and good restaurants than any other single part of any single city in the world. And I'm, I tend to believe that because I've, I've been in the, the English, the... Uh, see, in every city, uh, to, to, to digress for a second, in every city in the world, there is a part of that city that could be called the... Uh, for want of a better name, I hate to use this phrase, the bohemian or the counterculture section of that city. Now, in Paris, of course, it's the left bank, uh, and it's uh, that area in that, the Momar and so forth. You go, and this is traditionally the, the world of the, of the Toulouse-Lautrecs and the student uprisings and the whole business. You also find this is true in, in Berlin, there's an area. In, in, in Munich, uh, there's the Schwabing district, which is traditionally the part of, uh, it's the student uh, artist section of Munich. And so wherever you go in the world, you find that phenomenon. Uh, in the in the major cities, you'll even find this in places like Chicago. You go to Denver, you go to. Uh, we all know about the the Haight Asbury section of San Francisco. Uh, there's one in in Boston, but the most uh, historical and completely realized section of that type in the country remains Greenwich Village. It's a symbol, and uh, it's 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 interesting that whenever I go someplace in the world, they that's the one part of New York outside of say. Wall Street, which everybody knows about all the rest all around the world as, as a as a kind of symbol of New York, that uh, it's the one part of the city that everybody has an attitude towards. In other words, they know about it. So if you if you meet some guy in, in Holland and he says, Where do you live? and you say New York, Oh, very good. And you say, Yes, I live in Greenwich Village. Ah, it's Greenwich Village. They know of this. It's been written about and talked about that it, it has a genuine international character to it. And uh, one of the things that many visitors, uh, foreign visitors, want to do when they come to New York is to go to Greenwich Village. Now, quite often they're disappointed because Greenwich Village does not, is not so obviously a, uh, a, a part of the village, a part of the city that stands out as a specific thing until you know it. You have to know it. Uh, that it it it, uh, it doesn't look 
noticeably different, as you know, Herb. You go down there, and there aren't big, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the houses aren't painted grotesque colors, and there aren't uh, windmills down there that are made to look like uh, cafes. And it, it doesn't look noticeably artistic. And uh, it's just a place in its own right uh, that has to be understood and felt. And there are certain things that are uh, are very colorful as far as the city is uh, in in general is concerned. If you're really interested in in the way New York life must have been back around the time of World War One and uh, just after, I suspect that the last islands of that kind of life are found still in the village, uh, the old Italian way. Uh, that many of the people have not changed a great deal since the days when their their father came over, and uh, they they spoke Italian, they they played bocce, they uh, they ate nothing but Italian food, they lived in their own little enclave, and you'll find a great deal of that still existing in the village. Although, of course, like everything else, it's changing, uh, as as is the case with everything in history, no question about that. But it's still there, and the various uh, festivals, the street festivals, and so forth that go on in the village during the various festival days, uh, the Italian festivals and so forth, are, uh, if anything, e- even bigger than they used to be. Uh, this may be in my imagination, but it seems to me this is true. And so uh, living in the village has uh, advantages and disadvantages. It's a great, exciting place, but also it's a place of many, many problems. I mean, for one thing, uh, uh space is at a premium down there. The village has always been a kind of jammed together, uh, curious kind of uh, pseudo-semi-half-ghetto. But I've not found it changed much. I, in that all the time I've lived in the village, and I've lived in the village most of the time I've been in New York, I, I just don't find the actual undercurrent life that is in the village changing a great deal. That the tourists who come and go are often confused by the very tourists, as village life, they suspect that all the the uh, the people and and don't think for a minute that uh, that a guy who has just graduated from Teaneck High School who decides he's hip and comes down and and stakes out his table at the limelight in Sheraton Square is not looked upon by the rest of the village as just a passing tourist. He's there. He's staying a long weekend. Uh, so, <laughs> so don't don't confuse that guy. Although he would like you to believe he's a villager and that 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 his world is the village, and he sits around very ostentatiously with his copy of the Village Voice. He's not any more a villager than say uh, a guy who uh, goes to uh, Columbus, Ohio, for two years to attend uh, the university there, and then never goes back again. He's just part of the passing scene. But the village goes on and on. It's. Uh, and uh, it's the it's it's there's a curious kind of uh, how can I say it the uh, feeling of having been part of something once you've really lived in the village for any length of time that never never leaves you. I've known people who have been out of the village now for a long time, but somehow the village remains part of their life. It's a it's an attitude, much more than a than a geographical entity. Greenwich Village, man. Incidentally, uh, Colum- uh, rather, uh, uh, Lincoln gave one of his most important speeches in his entire career at Cooper Union down in the village. That is the village, too. 
you go down through Washington Square, and that's been the, the, the scene of many, many fascinating uh, moments in history, like the time the three famous artists got up on the Victory Arch down there, and uh, at the time of World War One, and uh, it's still legendary. And the legendary people who have lived in the village, uh, Joe, the famous old shuffler, who is making his famous oral history of the world, Maxwell Bodenheim, uh, the curious uh, aura around these people still remains in a nutty way. And I'm not a romanticist, I'm just uh, telling you that there it is. Good and bad, evil or not, the Greenwich, Greenwich Village is one thing that I suspect that America is known for around the world more than any other thing. And by the way, admiringly, the village is admired around the world. This is the Eastern Public Radio Network.